top of the morning to you, everybody. This is Pastor Paul. It is Tuesday morning, October 5th, 2021, and super glad you decided to jump on board this morning. If you're new to this, we take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday, Monday through Friday, to unpack a portion of God's Word. And this season, we're doing what we call Romans Rewind. This is where we take different themes, concepts, ideas, um, pieces of theology that we've come across in our preaching series through the book of Romans on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. We take those themes and we talk about them more. We, we flesh them out a little bit. We focus on things that maybe we didn't have time to focus on in the Sunday morning sermon. And so this past week, we were in Romans chapter 2. And one of the things that Paul is addressing in Romans 2 to the religious Jews who had become Christians and who were now a part of the church in Rome was that their spiritual background um, did not earn them an errant favor or merit with God. And he says that this way, he says, for circumcision and indeed is a value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, Will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code in circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. So in other words, Paul is basically saying, circumcision is of no value, if you're not circumcised in your heart, if you're not cleansed, purified, the flesh cut away in your heart. And so we've been talking the last couple times here about um, how is it that, that the church came to, um, how did baptism replace circumcision as the sign of the covenant and, and as the mark of entrance into the kingdom of God, into God's people? That's what we talked about yesterday is how that transition happened in terms of the meaning of what circumcision and baptism are. Um, but today we really want to focus on why exactly was this so controversial in the life of the early church? And 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 how did it shape the the flow uh, and the development of the of the early church and how does that impact us today? Well remember in the early church there were no Gentile Christians initially. They were all um, Christians who were first Jews, which means that they had been practicing Old Testament ceremonial, civic, religious law and customs, that they became Christians, and their Jewish culture, heritage, things they had inherited from the Old Testament, they continued to practice, like dietary laws, circumcising their, their newborn sons, uh, the way they would dress, etc., etc., and and this worked fine, right? Because there really was no distinction between being Jewish and being Christian. These were Jewish Christians. But when Gentiles began to be saved and come into the church, this immediate presented, immediately presented an issue, right? And the issue was what parts of the Old Testament were necessary for Gentiles to obey, the things that the, the Israelites were already obeying. And one of Paul's great burdens in his letters, particularly in Galatians and Romans, is to say that circumcision is neither a thing or not a thing. It's just, the, it's just a pointer to a greater underlying spiritual reality of what it means to be cleansed and purified 
in one's heart. And so Paul really was making the case that that circumcision is not necessary for salvation. It's not necessary for inclusion into the people of God. And so we see this very clearly in Galatians chapter 2. Now, if you want to flip over there, I would encourage you to, to do so. So Galatians 2, Paul is dealing with an issue where um, men from Jerusalem had come into the church in Galatia and had been impressing upon the church there that the Gentile Christians needed to be circumcised in order to have fellowship with the other Christians. And, um, and that if they weren't, if they didn't, that the Jews were going to separate themselves from them. And interestingly, Peter was very involved in this. So listen to what Paul says. But when Cephas, or Peter, this is Galatians 2.11, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Okay, did you see what's happening? So Paul comes to the churches in Galatia. He realizes that the Jewish Christians had been separating themselves from the Gentile Christians because the Gentile Christians were not circumcised, and so they were deemed by the Jews to be unclean. And Paul says that's actually not in step with the truths of the gospel. Paul says that, that because we're all justified by faith in Jesus Christ, not by outward acts of ceremonial observance, then it's not it's improper. In fact, it's destructive to limit fellowship based upon those things that are non-essentials. So if you flip over to Galatians chapter 5, Paul says this um, very clearly. Um, uh, Galatians 5 verse 2, Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be an, no advantage to you. I testify again to every one of you who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And so he's just making the point that that circumcision um, no longer is a mark of the people of God. That, one, baptism is that. That's what we talked about yesterday. But that certainly um, circumcision should not be used, or any Jewish ceremonial observation should be used for entrance or exclusion from the church. Now, this all came to a head in a very public way in the life of the church in Acts 15. And this is where all the apostles, Paul and Barnabas and the original apostles and James, all gathered in Jerusalem to consider what to do about this issue. It needed a, it had become so divisive in the church, they needed a judicial ruling. Um, and so, listen to what um, Acts 15 says, verse 28. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do well, farewell. So they went, they were sent off. They went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. 
So what was happening in the, in, in the Council of Jerusalem, they were all coming together talking about what to do, how should the Jews, Christian Jews, relate to Gentile Jews, and would they be required to observe certain Old Testament laws. And the, the consensus was that, no, they did not need to be circumcised, that they were not to be hindered from fellowship. However, um, the Jewish Christians made a request, okay, um, from them that the Gentiles, because of um, their, you know, because of their brothers, the, the, the Jewish Christians, on their behalf to not eat food sacrificed to idols and from blood, what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. And that's probably speaking of um, pagan ways of worshiping, okay, um, that involve sexual immorality. And they said, not because these abstaining from food sacrificed to idols, not because abstaining from um, uh, meat stained with blood, not because those things are markers of salvation, but out of love for your Jewish Christian brothers, would you abstain from these things? Okay, And then, of course, Paul and the rest of the apostles were glad to do this. What their concern was is that they would be charged with obeying these things as a marker of salvation or a marker of inclusion um, into the kingdom or into the church. And so Paul ultimately comes down to saying circumcision doesn't matter ultimately. You can be circumcised, you cannot be circumcised. What counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so we see Paul adopt this kind of model of flexibility related to circumcision throughout his um, his ministry. So in Galatians 2, it tells us that he did not ask Titus, who was a Gentile, to be circumcised, because to do so would have compromised the principle of the gospel. Okay, But however, in Acts 16.3, we do see that Paul had Timothy circumcised. And that was because they were going into a region where there were a bunch of, of Jews okay, who were not Christians, and Paul wanted to give themselves and a platform and no cause for offense or obstacle to offend. And that's why he had Timothy circumcised, not because he believed it was necessary for salvation, but he did it for the sake of mission. Okay. And that seems to be the fundamental issue at stake here for Paul. Why? Why, are, why would one be circumcised? If it's to not let the weaker brother stumble, or if it's to help with mission to unevangelized Jews, circumcision could be fine. But if it was a requirement for admittance into the, uh, to the church or for salvation, Paul said, that's not a good reason to have it, and he wouldn't do it. And so, again, this is a great model for, for again, for how we are to treat non-essential matters, right? That, that, that whether we engage them or not engage them, we don't make that the ultimate issue and marker of spiritual maturity we do what we do out of the sake for the love of the brothers. So now back to the original point. So what happened to circumcision? Well, because the Jewish people predominantly rejected their own Messiah, Jesus, fewer and fewer um, Jews became Christians over time, and the church became predominantly Gentiles, which means that this issue no longer faced the church, right? It faded sort of into history. Now, the principle, though, still applies to us. We still want to think about what are things in our day and age that can become markers for spiritual maturity. That there are the, there are there are Christians, and then there are super spiritual mature Christians who don't do X or who do Y, and that can range from what we wear to where we send our kids to school 
to how we view COVID and vaccinations. I mean, this can this can this can go across the board. It's important to realize that it may not be circumcision for us, but there are things that we're all tempted to use as markers for spiritual maturity. You have to study the Bible in this certain way or that certain way. You um, want to treat your body in this way or that certain way. And again, attaching a lot of spiritual significance to that. And that's a that's an important lesson that we can take from this whole baptism and circumcision um, issue back and forth. So what we then now have, okay, so let's, let's wrap this up. We now have seen the last two days how circumcision was replaced by baptism as the mark of the covenant as entrance into the kingdom, number one. Number two, that... Um, that circumcision was a major flashpoint in the life of the early church and that the apostles uh, resolved this issue by, by making it clear that it's not necessary for salvation. It's not part of the good news that we have to embrace, right? It's an optional thing. Tomorrow, what we want to look at is how is it then that, or, or let me rephrase this, tomorrow we want to look at the issue of who then should be baptized, right? If the mark of the covenant in the Old Testament was circumcision for boys, and baptism is now the mark of, of, of spiritual entrance into the kingdom for, for us, who should be baptized and why? And that's what we're going to get into tomorrow morning. But thanks for joining us for today. Let me pray. Lord, show us that neither circumcision nor non-circumcision is anything but it's only faith expressing itself through love. So, Lord, we pray for that. We pray for your help. We pray, Lord, that we would major on the essentials and the gospel and find unity in the truth there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. See you tomorrow.